The following message is from Westway Christian Church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about us, go to westwaychurch.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, so if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be spending um, our time in that, in that text today. This series that we've been doing since, um, since January is how the Bible works. And we've talked about how the Bible works to do lots of things. The Bible tells us our origin story. The Bible tells us what went wrong. The Bible tells us what, what being people of God looks like, how, how we need to be called back to God when we fall away from him. Um, the Bible teaches us how we are to wait on God. If you remember that space after, after God's people returned home after the exile, there was about 400 years of waiting and they were trying to figure out like how we hear this Messiah is coming and what are we supposed to do? And that's sort of a connection for us as Christians today, right? We read the Bible and we know, we hear, we read that Jesus is going to return and we're wondering what does that look like? How are we as Christians to react? How are we as Christians to respond and behave as we're living in that space of waiting for Jesus to return? Well, that's what the Bible also tells us. It teaches us, it works to do that. And right now, um, starting last week, we started this mini part of this series called The Church Age. Who are we as a church. And it's not, it's not, this is not a mission, vision, values, and preferred culture of Westway series. This is a mission, vision, values, and preferred culture series of what the church is called to do. The big C church, the little C church, how we operate. Last week, we talked about two things. We talked about how the church is the creation of Christ and a church is uniquely related to Christ as the head of his body. So last week's message, we called This Is Not My Church. And the reason we called it that is because not only is it not my church, right? I'm not the CEO of Westway Christian Church. It's also not your church. This is Christ's church. So when we remember who he is, what he's done, what he's calling us to be, we take all of our cues, we take all of our behaviors from him. We don't need to reimagine or reinvent the church. We don't need to reimagine or reinvent the church. We need to remember what the church is called to be. And as we remember, there are going to be things that we do differently. But we want to go back to what scripture says. We want to see who the Bible is calling us, um, calling us to be. And today we're going to remember three things. And then I'm just going to invite you to something. I'm going to invite you to serve. Hopefully you've detected that theme today. Here are the three things we're going to talk about. The first is a church is the living body of Christ with many members. Second is members of a church are uniquely related to every other member of the church. And here's the third one. God is more interested in who we are as a church than in what we do. As I was reading through 1 Corinthians 12 this, um, this week and over the past few weeks, in preparation for this, I noticed there's a lot of repetition. One of the things that I would encourage you to do, if you're, if you're one of those people who writes in your Bible, when you see things being repeated, you should notate that. So what I did in 1 Corinthians 12 was anytime, anytime the word body was used, I circled it. And anytime the word part or parts were used in 1 Corinthians 12, 
I underlined it. There are 17 times where the word body is used in 1 Corinthians 12. And the word part or parts is used 10 times. But then we can also look for similar phrases. The body has many parts is used four times over the course of 1 Corinthians 12. God demonstrates that he's the head by putting the body together is also used four times in 1 Corinthians 12. So I think God is trying to tell us something about the body. I think God through Paul is trying to tell us that the church is made up, is a body made up of many parts. And it's going to be on repeat over and over and over. So let's talk about that first part. A church is a living body of Christ with many members. We're going to start at verse 7 in 1 Corinthians 12. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to everyone else. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the power of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another to power the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So as I was reading these verses, I think there's a tendency for us when it gets to the part about about different languages, maybe your Bible translation says tongues. Here's what we all want to do. We all want to stop right there and we want to have this big conversation about about languages and tongues and what does this mean and what doesn't it mean? And here's here's what I want to tell you just just bluntly. Um, That's not the purpose of 1 Corinthians 12. The purpose of 1 Corinthians 12 is for not to us to get into a debate about speaking in tongues. The purpose of 1 Corinthians 12 is to call us to unity around the different gifts that people within each and every church body has. And here's, here's the thing. We have the gifts that we have to help one another. So it's not about speaking in languages. It's not about prophesying. It's not about helping. It's not about these other specific gifts that Paul is talking about here. We have been given these gifts to serve and to help one another. That's why we have them. I know I'm going to say this here in a few minutes. Each week we do a Bible reading plan at Westway. We encourage you to do that. If you're in your YouVersion app right now, you can, you can see that app. If you scroll down, you'll find it. Last week was about the church. And one of the things that was in the Wednesday study was you're saved to serve. See, we have our gifts to serve one another. We have our gifts to help one another. God hasn't done things and given us spiritual gifts just so we can keep them for ourselves. God gives us gifts so that we can serve one another. And here's the second thing from this text. He gives the gifts, not us. God decides which spiritual gifts we have. God decides those things. 
And I know this is really simple and you can read this in this text and we're like, why, are, like, why is this spiritual gifts 101? Because we need to remember as a church what we're called to do. We need to remember as a church who we're called to be, how we're called to serve. See, it's his body. He's the head. He gives us the gifts that, that we need. He knows what we need. And what do we need? So that's a question that we ought to be asking as we, as we serve in our community and we serve together. We ought to ask a question, what, what do we need? The phrase that I've used before is we need unity, not uniformity. There are multiple kinds of gifts. And what Paul is calling the church at Corinth to, and what he's calling us to through his letter to the church at Corinth is to be unified, not uniform. There are many different gifts. And here's the thing, the, the parts of the body are not autonomous. They don't just get to do whatever they want to do. There's, there's a context for the church body and that's united around Christ as the head. We're not independent. We're uniquely related to one another as the body of Christ. In chapter, or in verse, um, verses 12 and 13, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we share the same spirit. See, the body of Christ is called to be intergenerational. It's called to be economically diverse. It's called to be cross-cultural. It's called to be, uh, to have no class divisions within the church. That's what Paul is talking about here when he, when he writes these things. The body is made up by people who have been baptized by one spirit. And we all get together to serve the Lord because he's the head. He has put us together for a reason, for a purpose. And each one of us as the church, as gifted people, we make up the body of Christ. We talk a lot during communion about 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And if you're good at math, you know that chapter 12 comes after chapter 11. But in chapter 11, Paul, Paul talks about this, about this church at Corinth that is not being faithful to what God is calling them to. This chapter comes on the heels of that. See, it's not enough for us to be interracial, to have no class divisions, to be cross-cultural. It's not enough for us to be those things if that doesn't affect what we do. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Here's what I'm talking about, chapter 11 from 1 Corinthians. So they would get together, the church at Corinth would get together for the Lord's Supper whenever they met. And if you were wealthy, which was a very small percentage of the people who were alive in Corinth at this time. If you were wealthy as the church when you got together, you would, you would gather together as a body, you would have a meal together. And you can read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
the wealthy people, they were eating all of the good food and drinking all of the good wine. In fact, they drank so much of the good wine that they were getting drunk. And then, like when all of their, when all of their slaves, all of their servants, all of the poor people, which was the vast majority of the population of the church at Corinth, when they would show up, there's no food for them. There's no wine for them. They couldn't possibly have communion together because there was nothing left. And my hunch is the church at Corinth would say, we take communion every week. We are so faithful at that. We are so obedient to taking communion. But what the church at Corinth was doing was they were participating in the Lord's Supper in name only. They were... They were cross-cultural. They were diverse. They had all of these things going on, but, but who they were wasn't affecting what they did. Does that make sense? Who they were wasn't affecting what they did. So Paul is, Paul is calling them back. Paul is reminding them of who they are, of what Christ has done for them, the unity that they were supposed to have. So the unity wasn't just like, it wasn't just supposed to be a gathering where they could say, yeah, we have poor people, we have wealthy people, we have different, um, different cultures represented. Who they were was supposed to dictate what they did, the way they did things. And as a church, we are, we're made up of different people. We're made up of different gifts. And that needs to affect what we do. That needs to affect our, our own behaviors. Let's read, um, these are verses 14 through 21. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If, a, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many, other, have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I had my second, um, second COVID vaccine shot on Friday. And I, yesterday, I thought I was going to die. Um, I wish that somehow yesterday, um, parts of my body could have told other parts of my body just to leave my body. I was aching. I had a fever that was just un Unbelievable. And see, that was affecting everything about me. That was affecting my entire, my entire body. One little thing. And the body is made up of many parts, each part affecting and impacting one another. If we could sum up these seven verses, Paul is talking about the person that says this. I don't have any gifts and I really don't belong because I can't do this like that person. 
I'm not really a member of the body because I can't do this like that person. Paul is speaking against that. And see, here's the thing. You don't, you don't need to do something like someone else. That's not what we're called to do. You're called and you have been gifted to be you. You are called and you are gifted to serve in the way that you are called and you are gifted. That's who you are supposed to be. That's who we are supposed to be as a church because God has set the parts of the body together, not us. We don't get to decide. We don't get to pick and choose how we're going to serve or how we're not going to serve. God has called all of us, every single one of us to serve. He's called us to be engaged in the mission of the church. He's given us a gift. God puts us together in the way that he wants us. One of the things that we talk about, we've talked about a lot over the last year here at Westway Christian Church is just this concept of we have everything and every one we need to be the church that God is calling us to be. We have everything and every one we need to be the church that God is calling us to be. So when we think about the things that God is commanding us, we're not, we're not waiting for the right person to come, in, come walking into our church on a Sunday morning. And now we can do this thing. We have everyone and everything that we need, but that puts pressure on me. Because I have to wrestle with that because one of the things that I know is our family ministries right now um, on both children and student side, we have a ton of, of families and newer families that have, that have been coming to our church body. And one of the things we don't have is enough people serving in that area. But I believe what the Bible says, which is we have everything and everyone that we need. So then I have to start asking myself some uncomfortable questions. We have to start asking ourselves some uncomfortable questions. Maybe we shouldn't do children's ministry. Like if we don't have people serving, maybe we just, we shouldn't do children's ministry. I would say we probably don't wanna go down that path, right? Here's another option. Maybe we have people who aren't willing to serve, who have been called and led and pointed and directed by God. And every single time we talk about this, or Amanda gets up here and talks about VBS, like we feel this twinge and we're like, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I should do that, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to, that's too hard for me. God really can't be calling me to work with kids. See, we have to, we have to decide, is, is God the head of our church or are we? And what does that look like? We want to do a week-long VBS. You heard Amanda, we have, we have some big, big ideas. And I think we have everyone that we need in this building, but it's gonna take everyone in this building. And the question is, are, are we going to respond in obedience to what God is calling us to? That doesn't mean that everybody has to be Moses. There's one Moses. So, so when she said, one, there's, there's going to be a Moses and they have to do this before and do this after and they're going to teach every week, maybe you're like, oh man, I don't want to do that. Good, we only need one. We don't need you all to be Moses. 
We need 10 people to run tents. We don't need all of you to run tents. We need a lot of people to help decorate. We need a lot of people to help bring things for this VBS in order for it to work. That's all we're asking. We're asking you to serve within your giftedness. Sometimes I wonder when we think about serving in those kinds of ways, do we get stuck in this trap of, well, there's no glory in that. Like, what am I gonna get out of it? There's no benefit to it. It's interesting that you would ask that question or you would talk about that because Paul addresses that next in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 22 to 27. He says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God's put the body together. See, do you see how this is just on repeat? Do you think Paul's trying to say something to us? So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have the less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part's honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We were talking about this a few weeks ago in our staff meeting and, and Becky reminded me of the jelly man story. And I've shared that with you before, with you before but I'm gonna share it with you again. So I wrote the word jelly man in my Bible because I wanted to remember this. When we lived in Minnesota, we had a pretty large and engaged children's and student ministry. We served meals every single Wednesday night. And we had some kids, parents, you'll relate to this. We had some kids who didn't want to eat the meal that we prepared for them. You get that as parents? Kids don't want to eat what you make them. Well, that happened in student ministry and children's ministry as well. So our initial plan, we set out a loaf of bread and a jar of jelly. And you can imagine what that station looked like at the end of the night. Then we said, you know what we really need to do? We need to find someone who can, who can serve in that spot. And we approached, we approached an older couple they would, who, who said to us, we want to get involved. We're unsure of what our gift is, but we want to get involved in what's happening on Wednesday night. We want to serve and we said, well, you know what would really be awesome is if we had someone who just made jelly sandwiches on Wednesday nights. And they said, yes. And every week is when they came in, when, when this husband and wife um, team showed up on Wednesday nights, they would tell us how like they had gone to Walmart or the grocery store or elsewhere in town and they had seen kids from the children's ministry and from the student ministry. And the kids said, hey, it's the jelly man. Hey, it's the jelly man. Hey, it's the jelly man. See, they didn't, they didn't regard making jelly sandwiches as something that was beneath them. And I'm confident because like, I've been around church people for a while there are some people that if I would have asked them to make jelly sandwiches, there's no way. Because they want to teach. 
They wanna lead singing. They wanna, they wanna do all of these upfront things, right? And what we really needed was somebody to make jelly sandwiches. I was listening to a podcast this week and they said this statement on the podcast. Thankless menial service was not beneath the Lord of glory. Thankless menial service is not, was not beneath the Lord of glory. I think if, I think if the apostles were here, I think if Jesus were here, they would be serving in VBS. Thankless menial service is not, was not beneath the Lord of glory and it should not be beneath us. I'm calling you today, I'm inviting you to serve. And it's gonna be thankless. Well, that's not true because we're gonna thank you because that's part of who we are. It's going to be menial though. Like I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be hard but we're saved to serve. We're saved to be involved in the things that God is doing. So I'm inviting you to participate in that. And this all is, is the second point. Members of a church are uniquely related to every other member of the body. We are not autonomous and independent of one another. We don't act on our own. See, a lot of us think as Christians that we are independent of anyone else and we're not responsible to the body. We have no responsibilities. I can just come, I can show up on Sunday morning and I do my work, like gather, give, serve, go. I gather and then I'm out. That's not, that's not the body that Christ is calling us to be a part of. And I know that we have direct access to God through Christ, right? So, so we, in one way, we kind of think we don't need all of the other people in this room. We do have absolutely direct access to God, but he created the church to be his redemptive agent to the world. He has called us, he has invited us for a reason, to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who don't know him. That's why we're here. We're called and saved to serve. And he has placed all of us. He's placed every single one of you here to accomplish that task. That's why you're here. It's the reason that you're here. And we depend, the church depends on every single member the church depends on every single person within our body to live a normal, healthy church life. When we are all serving, when we're all fulfilling our role as a church, we're healthy. Because like I said yesterday, you know what? I had a, I had a fever and my shoulders were aching like crazy. Everything else about me honestly felt pretty good. And because of the way the vaccine works, like I knew I really didn't have the virus, right? So my body's like, it, the, the vaccine plays a trick on your body. It's really kind of weird. 
And what, what I told Anne a few times over the last 24 hours was, the funny thing is, like, I know I'm really not sick. But the vaccine has tricked my body into thinking I'm sick. See, as Christians, we're, we're all to be engaged. And, and when we're not all engaged, we're sick. We're not healthy. We can't do, we can't be a part of the things that God is doing unless we're all involved and engaged. And I don't know what your particular thing is. That's why it's unity, not uniformity. Because we're not all called to do the same thing. We're called to act and to operate in the way that God has gifted us. And that comes from who we are. And that's why the third thing we're gonna talk about today is God is more interested in who a church is than in what a church does. That's no different than God is more interested in who you are than in what you do. Because like the church at Corinth, we can have communion every week. But if if we're not living out, if we're not embodying who God has called us to be, we're just, we're just doing stuff. We're not being faithful. So there are, there are three things. And if you're in the YouVersion app, you'll see these. We're just gonna read a couple, couple verses today. Here's, here's one of the things that, that God is calling us to be. And this is um, to be holy and pure. This is from 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses, one, verses 14 to 16. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And then this is Philippians 2, 14 to 16. This one isn't just for kids. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Why are you laughing? Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights In a world full of crooked and perverse people, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. And what would it be like? What would it be like to have a church where we did everything without complaining and arguing? Where we saw what God was doing and we responded in obedience. And see, I think there are a lot of us that respond that way. The last year has been the testimony to to people acting out of who God has made them to be. And as and as we continue this this re, this regathering that we're in the midst of and people are coming back and new people are coming We need to continue to be the people that God is calling us to be. We need to be 
holy and pure. Here's the second thing. We need to display unity. This is in John 17, verses 20 to 21. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am you. And they may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. See, God calls us to, God calls us to display unity. To display it. To show it. To demonstrate it. When people, when people look at us as a church body, if we want to be faithful to who God is calling us to be, we will display unity. And this is Ephesians 4, chapter 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. This is what it looks like for us to display unity, to make every effort. I am to make every effort to display unity. As people who have been saved by Jesus Christ, we are to make every effort to display unity, to keep ourselves united in the spirit, binding ourselves together with peace. Here's the third thing. We're called to love one another. This is all in 1 John chapter three. Beginning at verse 11. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We should love one another. Verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let's not just say that we take communion together if I'm the church at Corinth. Let's not just say we're proud to be a multicultural, multi-ethnic, no-class division church. Let's actually demonstrate that. Let's wait for, for those people to get here before we have communion together. Let's be unified. And here's verse 23. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. See, God is far more interested in who we are as a church body than in what we do. And he cares about what we do. But he really cares about who we are as individual Christians. He cares about who we are as the body of Christ. And we can only find these things in Jesus. The church at Corinth was doing a lot of right things, but they weren't living out who God called them to be. And you can read through the, the first Corinthians and just see the shipwreck that was that church, but they weren't holy, they weren't unified, and they weren't loving. So Paul reminds them. He doesn't tell them to reinvent themselves. 
He doesn't tell them to reimagine themselves. He reminds them. At the end of the letter, Paul writes this. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Let that last phrase sink in for a moment. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Not preaching, not playing an instrument, not greeting on Sunday, not preparing communion, not serving in VBS. We have a church work day in a couple weeks on May 1st, not coming and being a part of a church work day. See, these things are not useless. And this is, this is the invitation that we would be transformed by Jesus that we would serve him and then we would serve the body. That we would be engaged in what he's doing here. Each week we share a Bible reading plan. Again, I I, know I talked about this earlier. We share a Bible reading plan. We have about 35 people that participate. I'm pretty excited about that number. I love seeing people being involved and being engaged in that with us. And this is from last Wednesday. In 1 Peter 4.10, we see that we are called to be stewards of God's grace. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We've been saved so that we can serve. We need to care for ourselves as the body by serving one another so the whole body can function together and grow in love. So just question today, the invitation is, will you, will you serve? Will you engage in the things that God is doing here in our church body? Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for the way that you call us to be your people. And I'm thankful that 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 Identity begins with with our hearts, with who we are, with renewed minds and transformed hearts. You call us to a lifestyle of obedience because of who we are. You call each and every one of us to recognize that we are in a body made up of many parts for a reason. And that's to join you in your work. So as we, as we hear these invitations to get involved, God, help us to not quench that. Help us to not write it off and say, that's for someone else. But help us to serve. When we are envious of other, others' gifts, please forgive us. When we think that Thankless menial tasks are beneath us. Help us to remember that they were not beneath your son, Jesus. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.